5: Thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show. For early and ad-free access to Sunranto, please become a subscriber at patreon.com sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto, where you'll have access to not only this show early and ad-free, but also our daily Cubs pod, which lets you know what happened in the Cubs game and all the Cubs news that's fit to print on a daily basis. Patreon.com slash Sunrento. Don't make me tell you again. Enjoy the show.
2: Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby, Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the love of Lucy. Golly, Michael, son, Renzo, and the love of
1: all Michael, Cotton, son,
5: You know what? i'm just gonna break down and pay for the voice lessons it's just really not say, worth it
1: that for 49 seconds i don't know if i pulled it <laughs> off Where are you john vincent uh <laughs> welcome, welcome to the sun ranto show
5: we're gonna get right going with this my name's danny rocket you just heard the voice of michael cotton uh he's our our poet laureate and uh back on the show tonight is crawley here to gloat about his wilson <laughs> contreras cardinals predictions we've got some footage of of him uh well, basically telling everybody exactly what was going to happen. And uh, I, I, I invited him. He wanted to come on and gloat. Oh,
6: and,
5: and Kerry Bronner-Meyer is pointing out in the chat that, yes, indeed, I am the birthday boy. Today is my birthday. And to celebrate um, with our 115 Patreon supporters, we're going to be over in the Discord later on tonight. Uh, we're going to be watching the game in about an hour. Uh, A little over an hour. Uh, We'll have that uh, for everybody. We're all going to hang out, watch the game. I'm going to order a pizza and hang out with everybody. So come on over. Uh, If you haven't joined Patreon yet, it's patreon.com slash sunranto. It's only a dollar. And you get all these sort of special perks. But uh, I love it.
1: 21st century pizza party. Yeah. Everybody just get their own pizza. We're not even near each other, but we're going to be together to watch the game.
5: It's the way the pizza cartel wants it. Um, so <laughs> hashtag chance in the chat. If you want to win a Frank postcard, Frank chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. I might even make it special this time because it is my birthday. And uh, but first I want to uh, bring on to the show. The only person I know It's my birthday, but technically I did nothing. I laid around. (laughs) I cried. I, you know, I didn't do. I got hit by a doctor. Like I did nothing. The only person that did any actual real work on this day was my mother, Marilyn Robbins. So I wanted to invite her on the show to talk a little bit of baseball and to thank her for giving me life. Hey,
3: mom. Hey. Hi. Hi, everyone.
1: Hello. Welcome to the show.
3: Well, thank you. It's. Loved your your song there. Was it Michael that was singing?
5: Oh, oh god, no, no, it was in in tune, so it was definitely your son. The the one you're, you're yeah, it
3: it wasn't in tune, it wasn't (laughs) before you guys all started doing the singing together. But uh, it was interesting, I have to say that. And all of you know who are listening that it is Danny's birthday today, and the Danny that you know today is the same Danny, who he was when he was, today he's 49, but when he was nine months or nine years, it was the same Danny who was always creative, always laughing, always being a networker. And just two examples of that was, are that he was nine months old and he's sitting in the high chair and he takes his toast and he makes figures out of it. You know, I'd say, What is that? Oh, this is a car or this is a truck or whatever. So we'd always get a kick out of that. And then later on, at about two, we're going down the highway and it, we were in a traffic jam. So he looks out the window and he invites the people next to us. He says, Hey, you want to come over for coffee, (laughs) strangers, you know, but it was his networking spirit. And I know, you know, he loves all of you, but he just loves to talk with you and with everybody on this program. And uh, as you probably know, our family has been coming to Wrigley Field uh, for a long time. We were there, as I recall for when Carrie Woods uh, had that was a 20 strikeout. Well,
5: I wasn't there. you were there.
3: <laughs> you, I you, I was there. you weren't there. I was <laughs> not
5: there because I was already gone in New York. You were there with Dad because you went for his birthday. Oh, and okay. i i was already i was already gone, but that was towards the end of uh, like the last few years of Dad's life. But no, unfortunately, I missed that. But you got to see that, <laughs> Like Carly. I don't know if you knew that because we always joked that everybody, because there was only about. What fifteen thousand people in the crowd that day? Yeah,
3: yeah. And, and,
5: but everybody claims to have been there, including you. So just so you know, no, Carl Crawley, is very skeptical about this.
3: Claim. I was there. I was there. I was there. Yes. If if yeah. Marilyn
6: says it, I believe it. And not only that, I, I will tell you this, Marilyn. We got to see where Danny got some of his creativity from. We saw a video of you up playing the Lowry, Oregon, John Benedick. Uh, the organist yeah. lets you play a few bars, and I, I think I think you may have a you may be able to knock one of those youngins out for a job or something. Can I play the, <laughs> can I
5: play the tape? I'm I've got the tape, so I'm going to go to it. Mama here's here's my mom on the Lowry organ. <laughs>
3: And that's what i did I, but we, we,
5: we couldn't hear you well while, uh, while the video's playing you were muted okay. mom so you can repeat what you were just saying was was that the thrill of a lifetime
3: well people keep saying was that on your bucket list and no it's not it was not on my bucket list but it was thrilling to be able to do that even if it was after the game it was still in wrigley field right so, yeah.
5: yeah, I love yeah, how you qualify. It's... You're like, well, it was after the game. I would have rather been in front of 35,000 screaming fans, <laughs> no, but you no, know, no, 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 no. I'll take well, a bunch of drugs, leaving the ballpark. I, and...
1: I just assumed that was a tryout, and now your name is on a list in case one of those guys, <laughs> like, I don't know, gets sick.
5: Yeah, you can yeah, be yeah. down
1: there in, yeah. in 20 minutes to play for the game. Well, I do have a question. Go ahead, mom. Yeah.
3: No, I was going to say maybe if I was forty years younger, <laughs> I that would be fun to do to play the Wrigley Field organ. You know. Well, if-
5: mom, you know it would have been a real heck of a job for me for you to have. You know what I mean? Like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know. That, that, I know. That,
5: that would have been nice, but um, uh, I do have a question though, and I, I know you grew up uh, playing baseball with your brothers, and you always enjoyed the sport, but you grew up a Sox fan because your father was a Sox fan and they, you, you would go down to old Comiskey park. And I just have to show everybody this footage real quick of my mother who spent a good, what, 10, 12 years as a nun, um, in full habit playing baseball. So this check this out. Now there's no sound on this. So we, we are not muted, but there you are. You got a pretty good arm. Mom. like, you know, look at that. You're launching it. It's kind of grainy, but there, there is, now, are you playing with Uncle Doc there, or is that Bill?
3: Uh, I think that's Doc. Yeah. Okay.
5: Yeah. But, uh, you know, there you are. What are you, tw- 18, 19, 20 years old there?
3: No, I was already teaching there, and uh, mm-hmm. we just happened to have some property, you know, right around there where we Well, live. it makes
1: sense. I mean, those were White Sox colors. Uh- <laughs> like, I feel like you were – you were The black and white, again.
3: And I think she had a better
6: arm than Juan Pierre, who played for both the Cubs (laughs) and the Sox.
3: (laughs) No, you know, um, my dad, well, he was on a softball team at a tavern, and all of the guys at the tavern were Sox fans. And so our whole household was just so excited when they were in contention, you know, and we'd listen to the radio, and I would take my brothers. I have four brothers, and I would take them on Ladies' Day, because it was cheaper that day. And we'd take the two buses, you know, down past the stockyards and just uh, enjoy the trip. And we'd, we'd go to Sox Park all the way from where we lived on the northwest side. So yes, we were very avid Sox fans at the time, but only because of my dad. And then, you know, we've lived away for a while, away from Illinois. So we became... Detroit fans and then not so much in Virginia. There wasn't much going on when we lived there. I had had
5: an Orioles hat for some reason.
3: Yeah, I guess we went to a couple Orioles games, but, you know, not that many. So anyway, the only thing I'd have to say, I mean, those are all good things. But I just wonder sometimes why when we sing the national anthem, that it used to be fun for everybody to sing that along with whoever was leading the song. And now everybody looks at it as a solo. And I'm listening to those words about the rocket's red glare and the bombs bursting in the air and all that. And I, I ask myself the question, how come, why don't we just sing America the Beautiful and everybody join in. And like we do when we sing, take me out to the ball game or at the end of the game, you know, for goal Cubs go. I that, like both.
5: I like both those ideas yes. of sing, yeah. every, singing together and changing the anthem to something less warlike.
1: See, and and I think that that's kind of the thing. Is like the national anthem is a hard song to sing. Take me out to the ball game. Uh, I mean, yeah, they I keep. keep showing us every game. You don't have to be a good singer to do that one. <laughs> wow.
6: and, I, and, I, and 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 I, I my understanding was was there was a, a push after Ray Charles died. Cause Ray Charles had the, the America, the beautiful that so many people really enjoyed to have that be the national anthem because Francis Scott key was British. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. so why why not have have an American song as yeah, the yeah. national anthem? And,
5: and the melody's an English drinking song, <laughs> yeah. and it, it kind of sounds like it if you sing it that way. You know, oh, say, can you see? I'm drunk at a bar, it works. Well,
3: Nobody, hardly anybody, gets all the notes of that either. You know, because it's got it does have a big range to it.
5: Like Michael said, it's it, the it's yeah. hard to sing. You know, yeah,
3: yeah but anyway that's just one thing that i think could be a little bit better and then of course the prices of everything now and um as far as the exp- the um drinks and you know food what, what did you
5: pay for a hot dog you you bought a hot dog the other day at Wrigley. what, what was it? it was like I, 10
3: bucks i yeah it was very expensive but i don't remember the exact price of it and then I see people walking around with those big uh, bats full of beer. And I understand those are $13. Is that no, what you're...
1: 13 30 30
3: 30 oh Yeah. My <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, wow.
5: You could have brought your brothers to the game. Bought them all beer bats at Old Comiskey uh, the, back in 1956. You could, yeah. I mean, what could you have done for 30 bucks in 1956? <laughs> you could have probably paid the rent, gone grocery shopping.
3: <laughs> well, we did get a Well, Ladies' Day was only a quarter to get in <laughs> oh, <wow. clears throat> at that time. Um, and yet, we always enjoyed it. And I don't know. I, I'm glad that I had that experience with with the White Sox and my family. And now, you know, our family has had the experience with the Cubs. And when we lived in uh, Michigan, uh, Detroit was way up there in the standings. And my husband and I went to a lot of games there, too. So, yeah, yeah. He was a big
5: fan and you were a big fan and you <laughs> instilled the love of the game in me. And now we have the show and <laughs> all these people watch it and we hang out and people say yeah. hi to us at the game and stuff. Now it's, yeah. it's, it's really crazy how uh, the family of and community that we've been able to create. And then I just have to thank you for on my birthday. Cause as I said, I didn't do anything. It was all your efforts that day, not mine. <laughs> and, um, And I just appreciate uh, all that you've given me to be able to, you know, have my life full of baseball Mm -hmm. and friends.
3: What a dear son you are, Danny, and my only son, because (laughs) many of you know he has two sisters. (laughs) sisters. And, uh, you know, it's a nice variety, different personalities. (laughs) So, yeah, you're fun to be with. And, you know, we've had uh, little – skirmishes with you as you were growing up, but
5: uh, <laughs> We don't yeah. have to get into, into those
3: <laughs> <laughs> We won't so, uh, No way
5: <laughs> Also, the other reason I wanted to bring you on today is because it's Sunday is Mother's Day and somebody who's known as Facebook user right now You have to change your permissions if you want to not be Facebook user But um, it, they say Happy Mother's Day and To you and to all the moms out there, Happy Mother's Day I know that a lot of our love of baseball comes from both our fathers and our mothers, and um, it's, ge- it's a generational love. So happy Mother's Day.
3: Well, thank you, and thanks to all of you for bringing joy to the people that you're talking to now. So good luck with the program, and thanks for having me on, honey.
6: Okay. Love you, Mom. Bye. Okay. Love
3: you, too. Bye-bye. Thank
6: you for coming on. It's not only the musical talent that makes me know she's your mom, but also the fact she said she only wanted to go five minutes and went 16. So,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was was actually just going to say something about that, too.
5: (laughs) It's really marvelous. Um,
6: You can tell you're related, man.
5: Yeah, yeah. No, you absolutely can. Um,
6: Now, she was talking about cheap beers. I don't know if you guys watched Marquee last night, but uh, the Tennessee Smokies played, and they have this thing. It's called Free Beer Night. And you go to the game. And they give you a mason jar, which I started getting nervous hearing that just right there. Like you're giving people glass and free beer. So the way that this promotion works in Tennessee is that you get free beer every inning until the opposition scores. And so it's absolutely crazy because every time you get that third out, nobody scores, the place goes nuts. Just like, like it's the greatest thing, like they won the pennant. And then (laughs) when the guy finally scored last night in the fifth inning, everybody is booing him. Like he just was, you know, hit game seven world series home run walk-off or something for the opposing team. So it was, I I thought free beer, like, yeah, that's pretty close to 13 cents. Okay. So when
1: the other team does not score, everybody gets up and runs back to get beer yes so nobody's watching the game (laughs) when the smokies are hitting exactly (laughs) nobody's has seen
5: nobody has seen the smokies bat after uh after a shutout all year long
6: (laughs) i'm I'm Um, telling you i i I saw that i'm like i got it i got to go there sometime for that that's got to be amazing
5: well, I would like to uh, add somebody else to the conversation if she's ready. It's my co-host over on the Cup of Cubby Blue podcast, part of the Bleacher Bun- Bunch Network. It's Sarah Sanchez. Welcome, Sarah. Um, I wanted both you and Crawley on this show to talk about Wilson Contreras's revenge tour to Wrigley Field, where he single-handedly won a baseball game against the Chicago Cubs on Monday night, uh, being involved in all three runs scored. Um, also, and you're the biggest Wilson Contreras fan on the planet. Um, this is a well-known fact by anybody that follows you. And I also want to have Crawley on because he's Crawley Stradamus, basically called it exactly how it was going to go in St. Louis. We all saw the news that he was demoted as catcher, um, but I, I'll start by playing the first, the last video you showed me, right? You sent me. That's the one you wanted me to play. Okay, here we go.
6: Wilson is the best offensive catcher. I still believe that this, this, I, I, you know, we were talking about Dexter Fowler in the first segment. You saw what a disaster that was in St. Louis. They didn't like what he did. They didn't think it was the Cardinal way. And I see Wilson Contreras falling into that same trap. Not only that, he has to follow the footsteps of of, of Yadi Molina, who Cardinal fans think is a first-ballot Hall of Famer, walked-on water catcher. He's none of those things, by the way. Um, and where's the statue? Will that, will that be ready for yeah, opening day? exactly. So I'm just saying to have to follow that up, and, 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 and you and I, we on an earlier podcast, we talked about the numbers when Wilson was behind the plate, and every Cubs pitcher other than Marcus Stroman was worse when Wilson was calling the game compared to Jan Gomes. I think that that is going to be – the biggest story in St. Louis, and they're going to sit there and piss and moan about it. And Wilson is a guy that that <laughs> listens, They that Wilson listens to what the media says. He blocks people on Twitter. He would get in arguments. He got in arguments, I remember with, uh Kaplan, Dave Kaplan. I mean, he sits there and he takes these things personal. He's, I don't think he's gonna be happy in St. Louis. I think that he should have gone to Houston. I think career-wise, it's going to be a huge mistake for Uh, Wilson going to St. Louis again they did address a backstop and offensively they did get that but but defensively is where they're going to hurt and pitch calling and so that is something to kind of watch it
5: okay so there's that aspect of that Wilson is now currently first of all that that's pretty much spot on what ended up happening is that uh, he went to St. Louis and it's not going well for him so far but I think and Sarah and I talked about this on Cup of Cubby Blue, and I'm interested in what Crawley and Michael think about it because Sarah and I already talked about it. Uh, is, uh, he's just the fall guy right now. He's, oh, yeah.
1: Can I just I would, hold
0: on? Hold on. Okay, I've been ahead. invoked, and I'm going to say some things. Like, <laughs> <No problem>. Wilson. <laughs> Wilson Contreras is not the world's greatest defensive catcher and also the only people who believe this narrative coming out of like, it's all the defense and it's just like the worst thing that's ever happened are Cubs fans. I have Cardinals fans DMing me every day that are like, Wilson is a scapegoat. Our front a- our front office is absolutely a disaster. This is a PR nightmare. We have bad pitching. We can't believe they're doing this to Wilson. This is awful. We're so sorry. The Cardinals suck. Those are Cardinals fans Go read the story about this that was like the front page of VEB a week ago or whenever it happened, like earlier this week. They were all just like, this is ridiculous. Wilson couldn't possibly fix this pitching staff if he tried. Why didn't the front office do something that they were supposed to do? The national media and the fantasy baseball community, same thing. They're just like, there's no stat in catching that Wilson Contreras could possibly impact this team to the level they are trying to make it apparent that it's his his fault or whatever. It is a scapegoating thing. It is the Cardinals front office sucking. And the people who are helping the Cardinals front office with this message, the only people that are helping them are Cubs fans, (laughs) which is trash.
6: So let's kind of go this route. First off, Sarah and I saw each other. We were at the game Monday night. I was with uh, Stuart McVicker from Club 400, and Sarah was down there. And I think, Sarah, we all agreed that we love Wilson as a player, as a person for his contributions to Chicago. No doubt about that. And, and I guess what I was saying in that clip is, is that you know anyone that's watched sports knows that it is so hard to follow in the foot of a legend. And, and in St. Louis, that's what Yachty's considered. Whether we want to say that or not, that's what it is. And so every time, every ball that gets past him, Yadi would have had that. Every pitch that isn't ca- called. Cardinals Yachty fans are that. not saying this, Crawley. Cubs fans are saying
0: this. <laughs> exactly. This is what is so bonkers about this entire situation. <laughs> because what is happening, like, Eno know, who I think is one of the smartest baseball analysts out there, started, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday's episode of Rates and Barrels with a 10-minute hit on catcher stats, how you how catchers impact the game, how they impact run scoring, all of it. And he went through this whole thing about, like, Frankly, like catcher pitcher ERA is not a thing. And I hate when people bring this up because it's just like there's way too many variables about it. It's not a real stat, which is why nobody reports on any catcher's ERA except when they're trying to cherry pick data. But that's neither here nor there. The stats that do exist for catchers and the catchers who have been greatest at doing these things, you know, like does this whole rundown. and, And the guy he highlights, and it makes perfect sense, is AJ Ellis, who was Clayton Kershaw's personal catcher for a really long time. And he talks about how Ellis was like this dude who had catcher run saved or whatever he called it, like the most epic, epic numbers of all time. And do you know how many wins that, that added up to at the very end of the day, when you looked at all of AJ Ellis's numbers, one win over the course of an entire season. So my point is that Cubs fans are doing the Cardinals front offices bidding out here acting like, yeah, that's right. It's because Jed was so smart to let Wilson go. And Jan is such a much better catcher. And Wilson's responsible for the fact that Jack Flaherty's fastball is 87 miles per hour in the fourth inning. And he's walked five guys. Like, Jack Flaherty was bad with Kinsner behind the plate. Jordan Montgomery was bad with Kinsner behind the plate. Michaelis was not good with Kinsner behind the plate. The Cardinals pitching staff is trash. Like, this does not have anything to do with Wilson Contreras. And it's like one of those situations that where it is just wild to me Because the national media is like, Wilson's being scapegoated. The Cardinals fans are like, Wilson's being scapegoated. The Cardinals front office is trying to backtrack. And Cubs fans are like, yes, we agree with the Cardinals front office. So Uh, keep doing Mazeal. Let
6: me just kind of put this in here, Sarah. Number one, I know how you are on Twitter. I know how I am on Twitter. I don't follow idiots. I don't follow people that I think are moronic. So if I follow you, take that as a compliment but but I think that the people that you're listening to that are Cardinals fans are probably the smart, intelligent Cardinals fans. But what you're not hearing is the toothless meth heads who are pissed off at Wilson Contreras. <laughs> true, so you're, not, you're, not, you're not getting heads. that okay. angle of it.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up Sarah on this because I went into uh Gould. What's what's his name? D- Derek, Derek Gould. Yeah, gold. Derek Gould's a
0: great example.
1: You know, because I was like, okay, look, if I want to find a TFC dealing with Wilson Contreras, I need to go into Derek Gould's Twitter and look and find it. And honestly, there was 90% of the people who were in there were actually saying, no, this is bullshit. They are scapegoating Wilson and talking about how he's being a class act by not making a fuss over being demoted from catching and only doing DH. Well, and
5: they just I was this.
1: surprised by it, but I put it in. And anybody who is a Patreon supporter would have seen this. I actually wrote about it on the Discord because I was surprised, surprised. to see that.
5: Well, and it's, it is it is kind of crazy because you do think that uh, – to me, the crazy thing is that what is the front office of the St. Louis Cardinals motives – in this situation, because they just did this with Paul O'Neill too. Remember, they were like he Tyler O'Neill, yeah, Tyler O'Neill, yeah, and Paul O'Neill, like, Paul O'Neill. You know, I know he played he in the nineties for the Yankees. Run him, run him. For him, How old am I? Forty nine. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and he, so, uh, but you know, he Paul O'Neill to me on that play, I was like. It kind of looked like he hustled. Like it looked fine. He was just out. Like I've it nothing looked weird to me on that plane. They're like, Paul O'Neill, Cardinal Way, what are you doing? You know, get out of here, Canadian. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand. Um, I do have a theory as to why they don't like Wilson and they're just trying to like uh hide him a little bit right now. And it's it's because of uh what he did the other night at Wrigley Field and his Ronald McDonald gloves. But he he brought this the sign out <laughs> on, to sec- on the second base. So he hit a double and it's this giant sign. He was holding says, I wank to Mia Khalifa. And I don't know why he did it. He was, he must've done it just to, to as a joke to Cubs fans. I'm, but here's the other thing. Can we talk about this? Do not boo Wilson Contreras. You moron it mm-hmm. Cub fans. It's the same as uh, we've learned this the hard way. Ryan Braun is the prime example. Don't boo, boo Ryan Braun, even though Crawley's like the king booer of Wyatt, Ryan Braun. But don't boo him; makes him stronger. He's going to hit a game walk, uh, game winning ho- walk off home run. Don't boo Wilson; he will right. single he he will single handedly beat you with two Ronald McDonald gloves tied behind you. His you you, you Those go. You go. Take a look last. Looking.
6: Take a look last year at what a bad year Javi Baez had, and you know when he was his best. When he was on the south side of Chicago and they were booing the shit out of him. And that guy single-handedly won games last year. Same kind of mentality. By, do by not, the way, Javi
1: Baez was not that bad last year. He was in the second half. He was better offensively than Nico Horner. And I don't ever hear anybody talking shit about Nico Horner.
5: Well, I like, think I love what Sarah just said about cherry picking stats. And I think we all do that to some extent, you know, to try to prove something that we thought might be the case. But I almost love when it's when I think that something's the case. For example, the Cubs, did they not roll into 69 double plays during this homestand? Every time the bases was loaded, they hit into a double play, right? So they must be leading the league in hitting into double plays. They are not. You know, it's just one of those things that you feel like is happening because it's happening at terrible times. Oh, you
1: remember when we found out that Jason Hayward only hit into like – Six double plays in the entire season. And we were like, how is that possible?
0: <laughs> By the way, Javi Baez on a burner right now. Uh, yep. After a slow start in March and April, where he had a WRC plus of 63, uh, in May, his WRC plus was 180. And so far in May, he's slashing 314, 400, 600. But more impressive than that, for the season, he is only striking out like 17.4% of the time. Yep. So and, and Javi on a clear, burner.
1: And yeah, clear, look at Danny's face
0: sh- on that strikeout number.
1: Yeah, last year he had a slow start, and then he got injured, and so it took him a while to get caught up, but in the second half, he was actually, he wasn't, you know, amazing, he wasn't a superstar, but he had a good second half of the season, so every time somebody says, oh, he was terrible all year, he was not terrible all year, I love, he, I love this, he had Pat. a rough start.
5: Bill Suggis in the, in the, in the chat here, I never let the facts get in the way of a feeling, <laughs> but but
6: let's go back to Wilson. And, and this is what I said when I said, what I said in December, it's, it's very simple is that he was walking into a bad situation and I, and, and it, you could seal it a mile away. It was a S whether you want to blame the front office, you want to bring the, blame, the manager, you want to blame the pictures. All I could tell you is if I was the agent, if I was sitting next to Wilson, now if you want the money and just the money and that's all that matters, Whoever's the highest bidder then go for it. But I, you know, how passionate Wilson is, you know, how proud of a guy he is. And I'm, I'm impressed with how well he took that demotion. I thought that showed some maturity, but, but again, the, the second it went off, anything went off the rails. I knew he was going to get blamed for it because Yachty would have done better. And that's where it was just a mistake for him to go there.
5: Yeah, but the surprise was because it seemed like that last time with like the Dexter Fowler situation, it seemed like that it was the fans that came after Dexter. This time it's the front office and it's just weird. Well, this was, you know, this week we haven't done a show all week. It was a 500 week. You win two or three from the Marlins. Uh, and then you lose two or three to the Cardinals, which is pretty disheartening considering this, the start that they had to the year. But uh, it was kind of something I expected to happen. Um, the, the, um, we had the balk off loss uh, this week. That was a little messed up. Um, you had a, uh, we got beat by Wilson single-handedly. And then and when Stroh got no run support yet, once again, because Cubs just hate scoring when Marcus Stroman is pitching And then there was the game in which Assad got left out there in the ninth um, after pitching really great. And what did he get for his efforts? Sent back to AAA after 5.1 innings. And the first five innings were great. He even got a strikeout after giving up the game, uh, the go-ahead run in the ninth inning there. But um, these losses were kind of heartbreaking. A lot of runners left on. Just not coming oh, God. through with the big hit. Uh,
1: again, you were talking about the bases loaded uh, into the double play. I mean, and it wasn't – there were uh, – this – like, just this week, I think there was at least five different times we had bases loaded and did not bring anybody in in those situations. It was ridiculous.
5: The th- and it was the three well, – it, like, it was Suzuki, too, just uh, over and over and over again, just having some trouble – and together. Hosmer,
0: like oh, yeah. <laughs> every time that Eric Hosmer comes to the plate with the bases loaded, I die a little inside.
6: Well, I'm just wondering. <laughs> uh, so, this is what bothers me. I guess is is you're talking about Ross. I was mad that first. I was re- mad at that night that Assad game where he left him in. He, he was clearly out of gas in the eighth inning, and then he rolls him off the ninth. I think Joe Sheehan wrote. I think this is off-label use for Assad or something. Like <laughs> yeah. it was just, it was just like so. Like everyone's like, what are you doing? putting hosmer up at, at at the sixth spot like he shouldn't be getting at bats and he's batting sixth and then well, and then and then when morell came up morell's your future shortstop i mean third baseman morell's your your future third baseman why would you have magical at third and morell at second none that of this shit makes
1: sense my freaking <laughs> mind like, jesus like, christ horner gets hurt so he's out and you bring up morell and everybody in the entire planet Went oh well, Madrigal's going to be a second, and Morell's going to split time with Wisdom. That makes total sense. And then that first lineup, and he's on second. and You're like, wait a second, what are you doing? He's got it like a cannon for an arm, and they put him four feet from first base.
6: <laughs> like what you and, and and not only not only that, I think in the ninth inning on Monday night when Sarah and I were there, he pitched Hosmer instead of Morell. Yeah, yeah, was- I.
0: It's absolutely unbelievable. And it's one of these situations where I was writing a piece today that was kind of looking at where the Cubs are at after 37 games. It's pretty darn close to 40. And we had the off day to like, kind of do like a quarter look at the Cubs, right? And frankly, they're a team that is slightly under 500 and they're slightly under 500. Like, and their run differential is great. And by run differential and Pythag, like they should be doing better and whatever, but they are not. And there are reasons they are not. And it is some combination of Roster construction, roster management, lineup construction, lineup management, bullpen construction, and bullpen management. Like, I don't know who you want to put that on. Like, some of that is on the front office. Some of that is on David Ross. Some of that is – but these decisions where you, like, bring up Matt Mervis because you recognize that first base has been a black hole and DH has been a black hole for the team, and so Matt Murvis is here to try and fix that. And then you put in the lineup Eric Hosmer in between Matt Mervis and Christopher Morrell – and all of the hitters at the top, that is just, that is, that is, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't have words. I, I, I am, I am speechless.
5: Well, it's, and you're talking about morale and he's done nothing. And he's the one that we wanted up first. Like he's the one that we were like, why is he not breaking with the team? Because he had a absolutely smoking spring. And here's what he's done so far, um, in Chicago, since he's been up, he's got, um, he's well, only eight, eight plate appearances, but he's got hits in four of them. Williams. Yeah. He's got a double and a home run. He's been 500. I mean, it's, it's totally small sample size has been two games, which also doesn't make sense because the Cubs played three games and he should have been in all three of them. Cause <laughs> he's know. incredible. Meanwhile at Iowa, he was, he, there's nothing for him left to prove. He had 11 home runs already in only 29 games, but more nothing than to get a rookie game.
1: benched on the Cubs, like just playing well.
5: Yeah. No, or no. <laughs> like Velasquez, like you, you know, you come up, hit a bunch of home runs, have an off week, you're gone. See ya, and and but he's having a heck of a week. Mervis came up. A lot of roster changes, you know, because you you mentioned Mervis. Mervis up, a little slower of a start. Um, you know, he only has four hits in twenty one at bats, but um, and, and quite a few strikeouts. But I think Just, we're all re- ready to see what happens with this. Um, you might watch him.
6: Can- watch him this weekend, though, because it's all righties this weekend. Yeah, he,
5: yeah, exactly. I mean, it, he's got to get his feet wet. I, I mean, some guys are a little slower. You're going to give it a, a second. Um, Amaya came up, got a taste of everything, did not look overmatched. Here's what he did with, with, with the big club, uh, this time. Just great. He batted not great, but two bat slash, 231, 33, 313. No slug at all, just base hits. But he, he was out there as a catcher, and you know what? You didn't notice anything.
6: You didn't notice anything going wrong. He got a lot of praise from Hayden Wisniewski the other day saying how he basically just let Amaya call the entire game. Didn't shake him off. Well, and, things about and, like
1: Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say just as a backstop, like we've seen a couple of times this season where, you know, the ball does get away and I didn't see that at all with him. Like he just, you know, he's younger and he moves better, of course. But, uh, but, yeah, he's got everything he needs back there, I think.
5: And he's not that young.
0: Two things about Miguel Amaya. One is that it's really impressive that he came up from double-A, just started working with the major league staff, and it was pretty seamless. Like, that is one of the more impressive things that I've ever seen from any Cubs call up straight from double-A. And I, there's only been a handful of them, right? Like, Christopher Morel came straight up from double-A, Nico Horner Nico, came straight up from double yeah. A, but I think we would all agree that Miguel Amaya had a much harder job than either of those dudes. And he did an awesome job. The second thing I'll say is, you know, Danny, you mentioned there was no slug. There was some exit velo though. Like yeah. those, or, like he made a lot of loud contact for outs. I think the first five batted balls, Miguel Amaya hit were all over a hundred miles per hour, which, to, which to it, me says that at some point that's going to fall for a double. That's yeah. going to fall.
6: The, it's a it's bad. For triple. Yeah. <laughs> that's,
0: that's a lot. That's bad luck.
1: Yeah. He got robbed on a number of those hits, like things that looked like doubles off the bat. And then, you know, somebody's just snagging that thing out. Well, hey, D-
6: Danny, can you put up that bill sugars comment at the bottom? Because I, I was going to say too, man, that impressed the hell out of me about Mervis. There's, there's a few times killer where, defense where after, Mervis. Yeah. Right. Where I had a few drinks and my eyes kind of went down. I looked, is that Rizzo? And, and, and I was just so <laughs> impressed with, I guess we all have been so focused on the home runs and the mash and all that stuff you don't realize, man. That guy's got good hands. Like yeah. he, like to me, right now, he's the best fielding first baseman right now that the Cubs have on the roster. There's
5: a lot of comps. There's a lot of comps between him and Rizzo, and and that's why. I, I Remember that time when we got Rizzo in like what 2012, 2013, and he didn't hit at all. Like he batted like 200 that year with Starlin Castro, no support in the lineup. This this time's a little bit different lineup construction. But yeah, no, he looks the part and um, I like what David Elliott says here in the chat too. the front office wants to be able to dangle Madrigal at third base for trades and Ross does their bidding there. I I do think that there is some of that going on. I with Bellinger, I think there's a lot of that going on. This is not a serious baseball team that's trying to win this year. It's, It's all about getting it to next year.
0: The Bellinger comment is really interesting because Cody Bellinger is one of the dudes that has overperformed and has actually done exactly what the Cubs were hoping he would do when they signed him to this like one year transitional type of deal. And that puts them in a really awkward position because for this team to continue to attempt to be a 500 team, they need that version of Cody Bellinger in center field uh, and they need him there for the duration of the season. Pete Crow Armstrong is not coming up to play center field for the Cubs at any point in time during the season. Probably the dudes that would play center field if Bellinger were traded uh, would be Christopher Morrell or Nelson Velasquez, and we saw what that looked like last year defensively. I mean, it wasn't all that great. But you can't do anything with Cody Bell. Like, the Cubs are not going to extend Cody Bellinger. He's got Scott Boris for an agent. He wants a long-term, huge deal. And and for the Cubs to benefit from this signing – they basically need to flip him at the deadline unless they're in first place, first place. Like, that's it.
1: But they are, you know, putting it out there. I think I saw just the other day them talking about how, oh, we'd love to have Bellinger around here for a long time. Oh, yeah.
5: lip service, lip service. Hey, lip service. you know what, yeah. though?
1: At least they're doing that part right because we have seen over these last few years where they're like, nah, we fucking hate this guy. We're going to get rid of <laughs> yeah. him no matter what. Yeah. Wilson Contreras, what a bum. Yeah, yeah exactly. What? Why don't you want to trade us
6: for him? So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, can I just say, I I, 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 I'm going to disagree. I, you think any front office is really going to be fooled and have the wool pulled over their eyes at Nick Madrigal's the third baseman that you're going to get anything more than a bag of balls for. It's, I it's, agree no, with you. Not, I'm talking about Bellinger. No, no I, I, I was just talking nothing, about the comment man. on Magical. Like, there's no way the front office uh, – you can say whatever you want about Jed and Carter or whatever you want to say. Nobody thinks that anybody is 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 pounding the door to get Nick Magical. Yeah, they. We well, gotta, I don't we understand take- why
1: they're not putting him at second base when they have the opportunity to showcase him as a second baseman because when – Because nobody Warner's needs a second healthy, baseman.
5: Because that's where you put the guy who's not very good. You put outfielders <laughs> at second base. They don't care. But the he's not bases, fucking very you, good. D- Daniel Murphy <laughs> like, as a statue is a second baseman. Like, no, it doesn't okay. matter. But we got to take a quick <laughs> commercial break, and we'll argue <laughs> about it on the other half. Um, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash sunranto. It's a dollar a month. And if you do it, you get private Discord uh, channel uh, permissions. And at that point, uh, you can hang out with us tonight and watch the game, and we will be right back. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a Super Ranter at patreon.com sunranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn line the pockets of the baseball oligarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard. Five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Plus, at other Super Renter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sunranto pages, the Renter Calendar, and special thanks and Renter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sunranto get out of it? Your money for tickets and beer. Go to Patreon.com/Sunranto. That's Patreon.com/Sunranto, and become a Super Renter today. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your T-shirts from In the Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby Sail, Morel Two, Clark Fly in his double U, Cody Bellinger smoking doos, vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico, you'll look sharp wearing your strove. Temper set off with the code S O N R A N T O, S O N R A N T O. InTheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it
2: all at In The Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch.
5: Welcome back to the Sunranter Show. I see that Michael Cotton is wearing his In the Clutch t-shirts. We were all, uh, because now they are a sponsor of this show, and they are sponsoring the Weather Report. Uh, They're sending us uh, a a, a few t-shirts. So uh, you got your shy feds on, Michael. Uh, That thing's awesome. And check it. uh, Crawley, I had this one specially made. The reason I chose this one is because it's got the name of your podcast, fly the w podcast <laughs> it's got clark there and let me just move out of the way so you can hey, hear, oh see the whole thing. I,
1: I thought that microphone was was right there
5: oh, on oh no no yeah i probably should use the microphone there it's a little black dot <laughs> but like check out this is clark fully intact as you can I, see,
6: I can't believe you guys the, that they haven't lost their uh, marketing privileges on that one. their trademark trading <laughs> privileges. Yeah, I
5: know. Well, we'll get away with it until we don't. So, if, so uh, yeah, shop it in the clutch. Use promo code Sunranto for 10% off. Um, we can continue our conversation, but I'd like to do it in uh, within the context of rakes, flakes, throws, and blows where we talk about the most recent performance of some of our favorite Cubs players and least favorite Cubs players, as the case may be. <laughs> and we're also going to do the Twins because we're playing the Twins in 20 minutes and we're going to all hang out at the Discord and watch. So yeah. uh, Today
6: I'm going to show you how to
1: rake. I'm going to try and roll through these as quickly as possible. But yeah, this is a, a head-to-head edition. Uh, holy crap, the Twins are bad. They really are not good. Uh, yeah, but their top hitter has a 658 OPS. Doesn't matter. We're number one in every single category and we're in third. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> look, if you, okay. Stats Sarah, are meaningless. You talk about analytics and all these numbers and how the, the fucking wins and losses never have any place in the world. And then I say they're bad because over the last week, they have all hit like shit. Yeah. You wouldn't want any twins on your
5: fantasy team at the plate.
1: It doesn't matter, and now and now all of a sudden wins and losses do count. Come
0: on, okay. Wins and losses are actually the only stat that truly counts. But uh, I think you are correct that the twins' hitting is kind of anemic. But the Twins' pitching is really good, which is one of the reasons that their hitting can suck, and they can still be in first place.
6: Right, oh, that's
1: that's what, and that's also what gets you in a terrible division.
6: That's what gets you nervous is these teams. So are teams, we though? The Cubs and the Twins are kind of like mirror images of each other in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah.
5: Well, I felt that way about they have better pitching. Them. I felt that way about playing the Marlins. Like I feel like the Marlins are the twins of the of the NL- it's like that East. spider-man
6: meme where everybody's pointing at each other <laughs> yeah.
0: did you all see the picture and I wish I had screenshot it and sent it to Danny so we could share with everybody but somebody took a screenshot of the AL East standings blending into the AL Central standings and every team in the AL East would be in first place in the AL Central including the last place Yankees except because they're in the East the Yankees are in last place and the Twins are in first place even though they would be in like sixth place if they played in the East
2: Yeah. oh yeah
5: no exactly
1: All right, Michael. Who who rakes? uh, Anybody rake on this tweet on this Twinkie team? No, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like Max Kepler, the Twins right fielder, has a 6.58 OPS on three hits this week. Uh, And I and I had to cut this off. They played five games, fifteen plate appearances was my cutoff. I didn't go below that. And um, this is just for the week, right? Just for the week. Who's coming in hot? Yeah, but uh, Kepler has two home runs in his three hits and that's the only reason he's leading this team uh he also has a walk alex kirilov actually has an ops that is 200 points higher than kepler but that's because he's walked six times and he's got four singles did you say I'm, Boris Karloff? I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give the rake to the guy hitting dongs if he's getting hits
5: yeah, so watch out for Max Kepler, or don't, because I think it's opposite now. Max Kepler's gonna cool off. Um, and so it, that's six fifty eight. That's got to be one of the lowest rakers of all time.
1: Oh yeah, There's 658. fifty. I've never seen that number in one week and been like, "This is the best hitter on the team." Oh no, they're gonna come.
5: They're gonna come in. Uh, I I don't know. Have they been at home? Have they been playing? I think they did.
1: Hmm. Okay, but- so uh, the Cubs raker this week. Dansby Swanson with seven hits, including one dong and three walks. Uh, he has struck out twice as much as Kepler, but he's over 400 points higher in OPS with a ten eighty two. That's you? what I normally see when I'm looking at OPS over a week. It's and the rakers are usually over the thousand mark. And then I, I want to shout out to Bellinger.
3: With yeah. The but
1: did you see- OPS this week?
6: Did you see that stat with Dansby where he had six extra base hits in his last three games, five doubles and a homer? And he he joins uh, Ernie Banks as just the second Cubs short top in the modern era to have six extra base hits in a three-game span. That's crazy.
5: I was talking with a Braves fan uh, just the other night, and she said that uh, he's one of the streakiest players that she's ever witnessed in her life. And um, so I think maybe we're seeing that.
1: We're seeing it a little bit. We have seen him kind of go uh, go dead a, a couple of times, but it seems to only last maybe like two to three games, and he comes back and he hits like this for a little while. It only so- l- lasts when his wife gets hurt.
6: And I can tell you, man, I, I mean, I knew his defense was good, but seeing it on a daily basis, uh, Sarah, you were that the game, that ball that Wilson hit I think was 117 miles per hour off the bat. And he makes the play. I'm like, holy cow! I mean, it was just a, a absolutely amazing play. Yeah, we yeah, haven't An- seen. he has been a
0: great defender. Um, so is Nico. The up the middle defense for the Cubs is really good.
5: Yeah, we should mention Nico did go to the IL today. Um, and uh, in his place, <laughs> about fucking time, up comes Mister Boner. Uh, Mister
1: Mister, Happy birthday to me! Here's your <laughs> least favorite player,
5: ha! <laughs> um. What?
1: It, I'm just glad that they put Horner on the i l. Like what? I don't understand this fucking fascination that the Cubs have with the day to day. Like, why play short when literally one of your star players comes up a little bit lame? Why don't you just put him on the ten day and get through that without him and let him come back and be fucking like healthy versus, babying him for the next like four weeks or some shit and then maybe he gets hurt maybe he doesn't maybe like just fucking there must the be bench. some
5: philosophy like if after three days it's not better then you're going on the 10 day you know that kind of thing
1: but you will just I, shake, uh, it's just stupid I, to not have that guy on your bench and he because he's hurt
0: i think it's a combination of those things but i also think it's that in this instance they didn't want to put Nico on the IL until they were sure Christopher Morrell could just play every day and it would be fine. And so, Morrell coming up and being kind of on a burner helps them give Nico 10 days off, right? Because it's like, oh, well, okay, we feel pretty good that Christopher Morrell can cover what Nico was doing at second while we wait.
5: I uh, like what David Elliott says in the chat. We brought up a right fielder to fill in for Nico. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe a little public service announcement, uh, but Mr. Boner does not play right field. Uh, he they, he does on the Cubs sometimes. Um,
1: but... The same way Madrigal is a third baseman on the Cubs. Yeah. So, Nick so,
0: Madrigal uh, is not a third baseman. Every time that dude, like, res up to throw across the diamond, he has to, like, run. He has to, like... Get a running start to throw the baseball across the diamond. I've been
5: saying it looks like Fred Flintstone uh, driving his car.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right here. Terry E says, most guys crow hop before making a throw from third base. Madrigal does wind sprints.
6: (laughs) No uh,
5: let, let's do a Flakes because we, we only have uh, 13 minutes before this game starts. And we're, so we got to like run through the end of this show. We got a All chance right. to give away. Hashtag chance in the chat. So uh, here's your
4: point. I haven't worried about Flakes since my grunge days. Remember them?
1: Like I honestly wanted to put Max Kepler on both Rakes and Flakes. But uh, there's somebody worse. A lot worse. Byron Buxton. He has no hits, his four walks in 17 at bats for a 227 OPS, which is also his OBP because the only time he gets on base is when he's walked. And by the way, that's their DH.
6: Out of curiosity, that's Michael. what
1: the fucking DH is for. The guy that's hitting 227. Way to go with that fucking idea.
6: Michael, somebody said that 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 uh, Correa was hot. I know he did good the last game, but I didn't see those numbers of him being hot. Correa, and I'll put up all the uh, I don't the think here. he, so I, you got to cut these things off at a certain
1: point, right? Because some, <laughs> uh, and so I had like 15 plate appearances and I don't think he had that many, or else he was just stuck right in the middle.
5: Well, and what I'm putting up now is the season numbers, and Carlos Correa has been a huge disappointment in Minnesota. So he was far. getting
6: booed the other day till he got the game winning hit.
5: I mean, a one. He's batting one ninety one. I mean, yeah. that's pretty brutal. Six forty six OPS. Only five dogs. Like you're, you're, you were looking Car- for
1: more.
6: So Carlos Correa, in his last twenty plate appearances, has two hits. So and- that's
1: and when you're well, with- so that's so maybe that's why I just didn't notice like that's better ap- than Byron Buxton.
6: I, I apologize. <laughs> Three hits. But yes, he is better, th- better than Byron Buxton.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, that's just a pretty anemic and, offense and
6: yet not as
1: good as Max Kepler. That's where we're at. Well, who's that's your- how bad this team's hitting right now? Who's your Cubs yeah. flaker on the week? Uh, the rookie. He gets the Cubs flaker mash. Not quite mashing yet. Uh he's got three hits and a walk, but he struck out six times. Uh and all those hits were singles. So he gets no extra power points. Paltry 398 OPS. So Yeah, it's not pretty pretty slow start. It honestly doesn't bug me. Like it doesn't because he is a rookie and he's he's up there for the first time and that's a that's a guy that I can watch and just be like, yeah, he's he's probably going to come around and get better than this. And you know, it's just it's it's when you got Hosmer and it's like, ah, oh, he's been playing for fucking ten years and, and we if know he doesn't send him
6: if he doesn't send him down, somebody I don't know if someone in the chat can look this up or remember off the top of their head. I think Sandberg went something like over thirty five or something when he started.
5: Yeah, it uh, happens. He could, he could and he could absolutely go on a, a total tear like once he adjusts. All right. How about a throw? Throw
6: God, I haven't missed that song.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This should be going to Pablo Lopez because he had the most impressive stat line out of the starters this week, but uh, we're not going to be seeing him. So I'm going with Louis Varland, who the Cubs might face in Sunday's game. He's the probable starter. Uh, He had eight strikeouts in 6.1 innings and only gave up two hits. In his uh, last start. So, unfortunately, one of those hits was a home run, um, and he also walked four. So, they got some
5: good game. young pitching. Uh, Sarah and I yeah. were talking about a couple of Cubby Blue, the next two starters, um, var- bar- or not the next two, not tonight. Tonight, Sonny Gray, who's absolutely doing m- marvelously. We'll yeah, about well, that he's that got one like
1: Sunday. a 1.35 ERA. And then, uh, but- and he's our blows.
5: But Joe, <laughs> Joe Ryan and Louis Varland, both. Uh, yeah, I
1: actually
0: think the Cubs are going to have some trouble with Joe Ryan. Uh, that fastball is is really tricky, and he pairs it with a couple of secondaries that used to be weaker pitches for him, but aren't anymore. And I just I'm very curious to see how the Cubs deal with that fastball because it's not a nor- it's not a normal pitch, and most of them haven't seen a lot of it.
5: Yeah, they got some throwers. Um, were you done with the Twins throws? How about the Cubs ones?
1: Yeah, uh, th- the Wes. I liked what he did. Uh, he had one start this week, six innings, six strikeouts, did not walk anybody in that outing. Um, the only bad spot was the, the solo shot that he gave up. Um, so, and then in the bullpen, I'm giving this to Adbert Alzali. four innings in two games. And one of those was for a safe. I really kind of like him. They need as to use it a more. closer.
5: They need to use him more, and they need to bring up uh, what's what's his name uh, from the minors that was up for five seconds Estrada Jeremiah Estrada yeah.
6: Jeremiah Estrada. I was so pissed at once again. I think Sarah brought up uh, you know bullpen management. They they basically put him in a couple times in just like garbage time. They brought him in in that thirteen nothing win against the Dodgers in the eighth inning, and then they they, they used him another time when it was a gart when uh, Keegan Thompson had already blown a save or, or gave up the lead, whatever. But I, you know, why, why not see what you got here? I, I just, I didn't understand that at all. I, I there's guys that I'm looking at, at the minors. You can and, say that for the whole lineup. But, but <laughs> when, when you called Jeremiah Estrada up, the whole bullpen was giving up everything. Why not try the guy? That was that, that awful road trip where they lost a bunch of games by because of the bullpen and because of runners in scoring position. But why not try this guy? This is, you're talking about a guy that throws a, Pretty good heat as far as Jeremiah Estrada. He's got good stuff. I'm telling you, Estrada, Cam Sanders, Nick Birdie, the, the, the I, arms in Iowa, I think, are better than some of the arms here. To be honest with you, now some of those guys are still working on some control issues. But like I said, if if you got Jeremiah Estrada and he's up, use him in a situation to see how he handles a situation that's a little bit that's um, high leverage. Oh, yeah, you, why, do, why
1: don't we hit the blows here? Because I'm going to talk about Fulmer a guy who doesn't <laughs> handle high and leverage. And <laughs> Just put your lips together
2: and
1: blow. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if we're going to go with the Cubs, the blower is clearly Jameson Tyone on the starting side, 2.2 innings, gave up two home runs. Uh, he did strike out five, but he also walked two in that short outing. Uh, he just hasn't looked right since he's come back from the groin issue like uh what did he get 3.1 last time and then 2.2 this time so i i don't know if that's if he's fully right and then uh bullpen boxberger and fulmer both had almost identical bad stat lines in three innings over three games i feel like fulmer is explosively bad like when he's bad he's he's so bad that it's like you just want to turn the TV off and Boxburger, who is actually worse on the season seems to just be sort of bad, but every single time, like, like Fulmer can have a shutdown game and then give up four. Whereas Boxburger seems to just sort of always not be good. So I don't know. It might, maybe I'd, I'm not seeing either one of them are doing great. And it
5: what's you know, and what's kind of surprising is that for the last few years, if you think of like your Andrew Chaffins or what they did with David Robertson last year, the Cubs have been able to, you know, get these kind of scrap heat dudes, not scrap heat, but you know, people with talent and that, you know, have uh, that nobody else wanted. They were able to sign these guys, get them to do elite things and then flip them for more depth, more, uh, get younger and this, this year they have not been able to do that with anybody. Any, either
1: one of those guys. You're, I was you're talking
6: about Chafin. You're talking about Efron. You're talking F-Ross, about yeah. Robertson. All those guys yeah. were just and You got something,
1: but they won't give up on Boxberger and Fulmer and these guys when they do have guys like you're saying, like Estrada that they won't even give a chance, you know, or uh this whole team's like that. Yeah. The position
5: uh, players are like that too. Like this guy was a first rounder, so we're going to put him at third base. We're going to get him in the lineup no matter what. Like meanwhile, th- there's plenty of places for Mervis to play because he plays every position. Oh no, he needs at bats. Well, he could get him in the major league level. He plays everywhere. He Plays third. Plays second. Can play short. Can play corner outfield. Oh, they also He'll have a pitch if you want him to.
1: They also have this thing that I was told was going to be the best thing that I've ever seen in my entire the, life. It's the called the a age fucking DH. Yeah, I forgot and, about that. Even if you don't have a spot on the field for a player, you have a spot in the lineup for him. Yeah, well, Ask the Twins. Byron Buxton's 227 fucking bullshit. Better than exactly a pitcher. why you have the DH. Why not give that to Mervis?
6: Better than a pitcher. Hey, Danny, real quick. Can you put up that it's Bill great. Sugar's It's like the same. Co- can you put on that Bill Sugar's comment right there? I don't know if people know this, but the game tonight is on Apple TV. And I know people are going, like, Danny's like, let's, let's do a game watch on a game.
1: Nobody can see. Yeah. Well, well, I know
6: Sarah's going to put the thumbs down, but the, 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 that is a cool feature. If you've watched it on Apple TV is you can change to home or away announcers. And the other thing is the picture is in 4k. So if your TV's up for it, man, it is, it is a, like unbelievable. How good the, it just, you, you're sitting there and you're looking at marquee and being like, guys, what are you doing? You, you need to get up. To, you need to be able to be at 1080. You got to be at 4K. You saw
5: Michael Cerami's article on Bleacher Nation. Yep, we, he's on can...
6: the latest fly the W, and we absolutely talked about that a hundred percent. And 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 he talked about yeah, it is 720 is what Marquis pulling right there. And right now, if you're watching the game on Apple, it's a 4K. It's actually at 4K, which is amazing. To be
1: Fair Crawley, Marquis spends so much time showing Shambi eh, that I don't want 4K. I, I don't even know if I want 720. You can <laughs> fucking back me up to 480 and I'm going to be goddamn happy because half the game is Shambi's dumb fucking face over in the corner or taking up half the shit. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, like if was- you can't
6: figure out what to put on the screen, who cares if it's clear? I'm just uh, what I'm telling you though is if you have the opportunity to watch the Apple TV, that Apple TV paired with the Pat and Run, my god is it, it is glorious.
0: I will not be adding streaming services for two or three baseball games a year. So Apple TV, Peacock, Prime, whatever you want to do, I'm out. Like, I'm just like, if I have your streaming service already or something else and it has Cubs games on it, I will watch that. But I I will not be adding any streaming services solely for Cubs games. I find it absolutely ridiculous that they are pulling off like two games here and two games here and three games here and four games there so that fans just cannot literally cannot follow the team all season long unless they are willing to have cable and have Apple and have Peacock and have whatever the hell else MLB has decided to sell 15 games
6: to. I thought you would be a big fan of Ted Lasso.
0: I'm not adding Apple TV for one TV show either. Like I just am not, I don't have Disney plus. I don't have Apple TV i have netflix netflix is great like and i have hulu and i'll watch what's on those
5: well i will say this much i have it in even worse quality right now in the discord <laughs> that you can uh, come and hang out and so and this game's going to start in literally 20 minutes so i think uh we Wait, should minutes? probably uh, no no sorry one minute yeah <laughs> one minute
0: yeah. one minute 20 minutes oh, no, you
5: know one minute. listen Time is a round circle. I don't know what that means. Um, (laughs) So I I can say this much, though. I do like our chances. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> time is a thing that is exactly just that thing time keeps on slipping into the future hey danny
6: do you still forget to do the chance because i see pink is reminding i just want to make I, sure i am
5: yeah. a. I I do usually forget to do the chance yes i do <laughs> okay i did not um, know if
6: that changed or not
5: but i did want to get some announcements in there before we uh we pinch this off and do the chance i was going to do a bitch clock but i'll save it I'll save it for next time. Yeah, uh, we don't have this... time
1: on this show. Like, if we don't you even know w- what to do with ourselves trying to be done in an hour. And... If, if Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is, we're only halfway through. But we're going to be spending all but the rest we didn't of even our even time. Started. They have no idea how hard we're working on this.
5: I'll bitch clock over on the Discord. So, I do want to say this, though. It is, because it's my birthday, we're all hanging out. I wanted to uh, share a link to my birthday fundraiser. And it's for Trapdoor Theater. And um, it's it, it's just how we survive. Like literally, non for profit theaters. Survive off of donations and they survive off of grants. Um, the ticket price basically goes to pay the electric bill. <laughs> it's kind of how it works, and uh, so we could really use your help. Uh, I have a goal of 500 bucks, which I was just about to hit. Maybe I've hit it. I'm not sure, but I was. Uh, but I would like to go over it. I'd also like to wish happy birthday to a couple more people that have their birthdays this week. Uh, tomorrow, Mr. John Benedict, the Cubs Wrigley Field organist, and the guy who let my mom play. Oregon at Wrigley Field, uh, a memory that my family will always cherish. And happy birthday, John. What is he, 15, 16? Yeah, I think yeah. he's getting
6: his driver's license. Yeah, no, that's great.
5: <laughs> Congratulations, John. You can drug drive me around. Um, also, uh, Margo Anderson from the calendar. Rob LaFrance, uh his birthday is coming up. And Erin Moran down in Puerto Rico. It's her birthday. Um, I'm going to share uh, the – the Trapdoor Theaters, uh, Bowie in Warsaw is our next show. It's very cool. I hope you guys can come see it. Here's the flyer for it. Um, it's by Dorota Maslowska, and it's a, it's a weird little play about this Polish family and a fictional or possibly real uh visit that David Bowie uh took to Warsaw. It was only one day back in the communist days. Um, our next show is going to be something exactly like this because of. Uh, the Bowie and Warsaw show that's going on, which is a game watch uh, next Friday at five. We'll have a pregame at 5 PM and uh, we'll hang out and have another party. Um, also ca- at cafe Tola, Sandra Marchetti is reading her poem and that's going to be on Saturday, May 27th. There is also a link to that. There's a Facebook invite. Um, I'm going to be playing a couple songs at, at that. The, as you can see from the graphic here, there are empanadas
6: going to be available
5: <laughs> and, and a raffle, which we're going to have soon on this show. We're going to have a chance. Um,
6: I love empanadas. Yeah, and and so. I love how excited
1: Danny is about the empanadas. I, it, it's, it's nice. really,
5: I like the empanadas more than the fact that I'm playing this thing. with. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll play
1: for empanadas.
5: Well, oh, dude, dude I Hell played yeah. for way less than empanadas. Let me <laughs> tell you. Um oh, Also, the Bleacher Bum Band, uh, I, where I will be playing, actually for less than empanadas, which w- it will be on uh, June seventeenth. We're working on Nisei Lounge. They're working on a cabaret license, so uh, <laughs> we're we're seeing how that's all going to go. That that meeting should be this week. Um, anyway, that's where we're planning to get Nissale out. Either way, the CD's, CD's coming out June 17th. And we're gonna play somewhere. even if it's in Stuart McVickers Living Room. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out. And uh become a Patreon member, patreon.com slash Sunranto, and you can join us on the Discord tonight. Um, I do have uh I'll I'll just say one TFC that I have. Um th- do you have one or am I the only one with one? No, I do have one. Okay. Um well here here it goes. So uh Chicago Cubs tweeted out uh did you find love at Wrigley Field and then a little heart emoji with hands Ugh. let us know and 39% had actually found love at Wrigley Field which was a kind of a shock you know that I mean I kind of did so I mean I guess I'm I thought I was part of the dumb fucking 15% but apparently I'm part of, part of the in love 39% and, um, so anybody, anyway, somebody responded to Ad cubs about searching for love at Wrigley field, uh, retired crack said Wrigley bathroom circle jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle said into the giant tin urinal. And that, that just did evokes such an image
6: that uh, <laughs> I
5: forget.
1: It really does. Yeah.
5: Over
6: uh, my, over my toilet in the, in the clubhouse down here, there's a Will Bivington picture of a black and white old school trough from Wrigley.
5: Oh, nice. Oh, it's beautiful. Can I sign in and pee? <laughs> Please don't. <laughs>
6: we're,
1: so, I think we're going to be getting a new ranter here very soon. Hajir uh, says, if the Warriors lose tonight, I unfollow everyone on NBA Twitter. Block FS1, undisputed, mute the words Nick Wright and Skip Bayless, and go back to tweets about Chicago, some politics, and random shit. How are the Cubs doing? This might become a baseball account oh no so somebody somebody very upset about the warriors and will probably uh be on the discord next week (laughs) so uh sarah
5: thanks as always for coming on crawley thanks for coming on um i'm gonna forget to do the chance no just kidding um i will do the chance i will share my screen uh, let's let's get it going. Hashtag chance in the chat. It's your last chance to win the chance. And you should come over and hang out with us on Discord. I'm gonna order a pizza and you can hear me eat it. Um here we go.
0: <laughs> it <Ian> happens <Haff is laughs> on first base with two hey, outs.
5: All right. There we <laughs> go. Let's do a little play-by-play. All right, here we go. Hashtag chance in the chat. Last chance. Some all oh, started in this lineup. Yeah, Bernie Barron's at this game, actually. Who and the winner is Mr Mr fourth row, row Artie Boucher congratulations you've won in the past and uh you've won again so um awesome show it it, it does feel like it was so short it, our time together was so short tonight um, but uh we'll see you over on the discord come hang out and um I guess uh, there's nothing to say but spagog at this point Happy spagog day thank spagog. you happy spagog
6: day. Happy birthday, Danny. Thank Happy
5: you. Happy birthday, There is
6: no fighting in the bleachers.
2: One, did you a teacher? There is no fighting in the bleachers. So take that shit outside.